Hello, and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Sunday, September 20th, 2020. Um, This is episode 52 of uh, the Conrad Life Report. And I checked my Time Hop app today. And from what I can tell, two years ago uh, today, September 20th, 2018, was the day that episode number one dropped. so that's exciting news. Anyway, so it's been two years and fifty-two episodes. So basically, um, yeah, basically doing one every two weeks. Although the past few months has been less than that, unfortunately. And I know last time I said I'd do uh, a new episode within a week or so, and of course that didn't happen. But anyway, not for lack of things going on. Um, there's obviously bad news in the world continues. So. Not really going to talk about that because I'm just going to depress myself and you. Um, but anyway, so it's been a few weeks since the last one and a lot's happened. So I guess the first big news is um, we got the car that we had been threatening ourselves <laughs> that we would get. Um, so we finally got a car. We had been planning on getting a used car and then we wanted to do something through Carvana and that didn't work out because we pre-ordered a car we wanted and then it never showed up. So that was weird. So we ended up just leasing a brand new automobile, um, a Volkswagen Tiguan. Now we're one of the many Tiguans in the neighborhood. And it sure is nice to drive a brand new car. We drove out of the uh, out of the lot in Bay Ridge and, and the car had 10 miles on it, which was amazing. Um, so we've taken it, taken it out for a few spins. Um, the first drive was last week. We went to Astoria Park for no reason, except that I lived in Astoria for many years, and um, Julie has a friend in Astoria. So we went there. I went to my old. I drove by my old apartment um, on Twenty Eighth Avenue. Then I stopped at Avenue Cafe, double parked, or, or I should say, like parked in front of a hydrant, put on my hazards, and I ran in and. Not in, outside, at the outside bar, and I got two frappes, which are the very thick and very strong Greek iced coffees. And um, and then we went to Astoria Park, which has been completely, well, they've just made a lot of changes, and it's way better than when I lived in Astoria. Uh, The main main improvement being that they have now cut off traffic from, on what I think it's called Shore Drive or Shore Boulevard, which is... The little two-lane road that runs along um, the East River uh, and along the length of the park, and there used to be cars parked along it, and also like cars driving through it, and it became also um, beyond like the fact that cars in the park is not a nice thing. Also, it just became kind of this like macho cruising type thing for um, the local morons in Queens. Um, not that there aren't morons everywhere, but you know we would see these like idiots revving their engines and so it's not a nice park thing so it's much better now they redid the track um they are working on the playground the playground was closed um but yeah it was nice to be in astoria park it was nice to drive our vehicle um and then the other big trip was um this past week we were in fire island so we drove out to bayshore to the ferry terminal um but fire island's nice i had never been there what a unique place um we were not in the party area. It's the off season, so there's no partying really anyway. But we were um, in Fair Harbor, kind of, you know, very family-like, except the only people there almost entirely we saw were um, kind of like retiree age people. 
Um, it's very quiet there in the off season. Um, I can't compare it to the in season, but I would imagine that it's pretty hopping in the summertime. And uh, yeah, it was very nice and quiet. Uh, we stayed for a few nights via Julie's boss who manages a property and gave it to us for free for a few days. And it was really nice. What a unique place, just all boardwalks and you know one kind of like single lane main road along the spine of the island. And yeah, had some nice morning runs and had the beach to myself one night. Not that I went in, but it was just, you know, roaring waves because of the storms in the Atlantic. And uh, just one of those picturesque scenes where you look up and down the beach at sunset and um, there were only two other people on the beach. Um, pretty amazing scene. So yeah, Fire Island was um, was very nice. I, I would go back. Um, nice place to spend a few days. And it broke up the week nicely. We went on Monday night and came back Thursday night. Um, and I worked uh, remotely uh, from there. And Oliver started his... Um, remote education. So yeah, that's a nice segue into the next topic. So school has started kind of, and if you're following the New York City schools news, it's been quite a mess by our idiot mayor. Um, He seems to always make the right decisions at the absolute wrong times um, when he's finally backed into into a corner. Um, What a loser. Anyway, so uh, Oliver is doing remote remote education we decided that and we we responded as such last month and his class has 32 kids which is what are you going to do but it's not ideal because his usual nest program class has 12 students and um, he needs a smaller class size and he's not getting it he wouldn't get it in person either Um, and the reason we are keeping him remote is for public health public safety it's um you know we're not making the decision as to what's like best for him um, academically because that's kind of like not going to happen this year. We're doing it because it's what's best for the community. So um, yeah, he's remote. So we're trying to figure out how to make it work. Tomorrow's the first day of actual instruction. I think last week was just sort of getting to getting used to the vibe and just saying hello to the class. So we'll see how, how that goes. Um, I'm a little concerned because he's regressed behaviorally, I feel, um, in the sense that like he doesn't want to really leave home, which is understandable because he's been told that it's scary out there <laughs> and everyone has to wear a mask and he doesn't like wearing masks to begin with. So anyway, we'll see how the school year goes. His teacher, his two teachers seem awesome already and they they have the seal of approval from his last year teachers who I trust very much. So that's good. Um, so yeah, wish him and us luck. Uh, let's see, looking around, what else happened? Um, well, we, uh, I've been running more, like my distance has been increasing. I think I mentioned I'm, I'm hit six miles one morning. I usually go three or four miles a day, usually four. Today I did three. Um, but I've been running across the bridges, which has been nice. Running down to Smith Street. All the way North Smith Street, it turns into J Street, uh, cross Tillery Street, and then um, past Concord Street, I guess, and I think New Street. And then there's the um, pedestrian entrance to the Manhattan Bridge, cross the Manhattan Bridge, which I think is about um, 1.2 miles. Um, and then, uh, let's see, down Bowery, 
right on Worth Street, left on Park Row, and then the entrance to the Brooklyn Bridge, and then the Brooklyn Bridge back. And I usually stay on the bridge um, as it curves and turns into Boren Place, and then run down Boren Place, and then basically turn right on Bergen, left on Court Street, and then home. So I really love that that run. And um, running across the bridges is great because it's just a straightaway and it's so peaceful. Um, so I've really been enjoying that. Um, I've only been I've been doing it mostly weekends, but um, some weekdays too if I if I get up early enough um, because it ends up taking like it's like a sixty five minute run. Um, so it actually takes a lot of actual time, um, which is a little tighter on the weekdays. Um, so that's been great. Let's see. Uh, Oliver and I went to Brooklyn Bridge Park a couple of weeks ago. There were some bells. Um, there's a new like it, it, bells are like um, this new art installation by a person called uh, Davino Simo. I think her name is. Um, the actual installation is called Reverberation, and it's five orange bells um, alongside along the length of uh, Pier One, Brooklyn Bridge Park Pier One. And you can ring them, and they're not super loud or clangy or harsh. They're just like loud and booming and kind of soft and droney. And they're meant to sort of be a sounding call, like an, a warning, but also like a, a form of communication, you know, the meaning behind the installation. Uh, but it's really nice. So um, that'll be there till April, I think. And um, other than that, just been in the neighborhood and, uh, and just been mostly home. I have been riding my bike to Three's Brewing a couple of times to pick up my orders. I place orders online. I get my points, my loyalty points. I bike over and pick up the beer and bike home. Been really nice. Uh, I did that yesterday, and then friend Eric came over. Uh, Eric Michelson came over to the stoop last night, and we had a couple of Three's beers sitting on the stoop. Um, and let's see, today I went to Trader Joe's and Julie decided to drive the car for the first time. So she and Oliver came and picked me up at Trader Joe's and drove us home. So that was um, cool too. But, uh, so she got to drive the car for the first time. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Let's move on to um, let's move on to stuff I've been listening to this week. Uh Listen to a lot of music, so here goes. Um, New Elvis Costello album is coming, I think, in October, and he's been releasing some songs online. Listen to No Flag, Hedy O'Hara, Confidential, and We Are All Cowards. Uh, classic latter era Elvis Costello. Really great songs, sharp lyrics. Um, I love, I love them. I love the instrumentation. Uh, wish they had a little more punch and melody, or it has punch, I wish it had more melody. The last album he did was fantastic for that. I mean, it was like a lost 80s album, like in terms of like songwriting quality. Anyway, New Elvis Costello should be good. Uh, listen to Alan Braufman, B-R-A-U-F-M-A-N, um, who is a sax player from the downtown New York scene in the 70s. He's now in his 70s, and he's made his first record in 40 years. Uh, it was recorded at Long Pond, which is um, Aaron Dessner's studio, the national studio that's on the cover of Sleep Well Beast. And uh, Alan's nephew is Nabil Ayers, who lives here in the neighborhood, and he is the U.S. head of 480 Records. So Nabil produced it, John Lowe, recorded it and it is absolutely one of my favorite jazz albums ever already. It is so just fantastic. It has a 60s Coltrane vibe is one easy way to describe it, but 
Um, I thoroughly, highly, highly recommend it. It's called The Fire Still Burns by Alan Braufman. Um, Let's see, listen to the new Mary Chapin Carpenter album, The Dirt and the Stars. It's excellent. It sounds exactly as you'd expect. Uh, Listen to new Hannah George's record, um, All That Emotion, another record made at Long Pond. Aaron Dessner produced it. Um, Pretty good record. Uh, Kind of like mildly... Uh, vibey, dreamy, with a little bit of a synth um, hint. Uh, so it's that kind of a vibe. Good for fall, actually. I listened to the new Waterboys record called Good Luck, Good Luck Seeker, and I don't think I'll ever listen to it again. I want to love the Waterboys new albums, and um, I love that he keeps Mike Scott keeps recording new albums, but they just don't. And he, they're all they're, the songs are inventive too. It's just that there's no melody there. It's just the songwriting talent has diminished. Uh, but he clearly has the enthusiasm, and I wish him well. And I'm glad he's making records. Um, and then I listen to some. Oh, well, the the big music things I wanted to highlight actually before I get to podcasts was um new album by Royal Green, which is Brian Devendorf's solo project that he's had. Um, basically in the works since 2000 or something. And he made it with um, Nate Martinez, Natron, um, who is uh, was in the band Pela. Um, he also, he played on the Bob Weir Blue Mountain record um, that I, and so Nate and I both played with Bob Weir um, at Brian's Invitation at King's Theater a few years ago. Um, Natron is just... Um, stalwart of the local scene and um yeah so nate helped brian make this record he's been helping him make this record for like 15 years and it's outstanding royal green and the cover has like brian and nate it's a painting of them um from a photo they took in i think 2005 in europe uh before i knew either of them um nate filled in for bryce desner on um uh, on guitar on a tour of Europe with the National. So that's where the f- cover comes from. Um, and also Lanzendorf, also with Brian. Um, Brian and Scott and Ben Lanz and Aaron Arntz. Lanzendorf released a new EP called, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the <laughs> the name of the EP, uh, but it has a water theme and a water cover and um, has three great songs. Oh, let's see, the water heater just turned on here. Anyway, um, Highly recommend the new Lanzendorf. Um, and, you know, it's spelled L-N-Z-N-D-R-F. Um, and then some podcasts I listen to. I listen to the kind of hot podcast, Nice White Parents, which is a New York Times podcast by Serial, um, which has a classic Serial podcast voice. Um, and it is about uh, basically nice white parents at Brooklyn Public Schools and it focuses over five episodes on a school that happens to be four blocks from where I live. Um, and it, the school has been had several iterations over the decades. Um, it is the school at the corner of Court Street between Baltic and Butler. Um, and I highly recommend Nice White Parents. It's quite a journey. Even if you don't have kids, um, it was actually recommended to me by my friend Kevin Carney, who is a childless person. And he was like, you got to listen to it. It was enthralling. And it was enthralling. Um, so nice white parents. And I also listened to two reply all episodes in the past few days. Um, one is the current episode, which basically takes an educated stab at the identity of QAnon and it, they make a very solid case that it's this 
idiot dude in South Africa who is a Christian ultra right wing person. And they map out exactly the sort of creation and what happened with QAnon, the account. And essentially, they posit that this South African guy um, invented QAnon and then had his identity, had, had the account taken from him. Um, due to the way these <laughs> anonymous boards work and the back and forth and the power struggle. And it is a fascinating listen. That's the newest episode of Reply All. And then I listened to the episode that was everyone was talking about in the spring um, called, uh, it, well, it's about the guy that couldn't rem- that had a song in his head, but there was no evidence of it online. And it was like a pop hit from the late 90s. And so they tracked down what this song was. And it is a fascinating episode. Um, it was really fun to listen to. So two reply all episodes. I'm starting to slowly get back on the podcast listening bandwagon after kind of shutting down during these first few months of like at home status when I didn't know what to do. And <laughs> and book reading, um, this segue into book reading now. Um, I finished Dune, which is just an incredible, incredible book. And I highly recommend it. If you've never read Dune, it is almost like a meditation it just reads so beautifully and gorgeously and dreamlike. Um, so Dune, I, I wanted to read it before the movie comes out, and boy, is Dune fantastic. Um, let's see. I started reading Any Night of the Week by Johnny Dovercourt, which is a quote-unquote DIY history of the Toronto music scene. Johnny Dovercourt is a Toronto music writer, um, and he also helped start Wavelength, which was a Sunday night music series that kind of birthed Broken Social Scene, essentially, um, at Ted's Wrecking Yard, I guess it was, uh, on College Street in Toronto. So, uh, yeah, any, um, any Night of the Week by Johnny Dovercourt. It's fantastic so far. I skipped ahead to the 80s and 90s, which is my Toronto days, and um, <laughs> I had to read that part first. And then I went back to the beginning. I'm learning a lot about Toronto in the 50s that I had no idea about just the way like the bars and music and the, and the clubs started opening on Young Street um, yeah so I'm back to reading which is nice and then my friend Alec Bemis who sent me that book, thank you Alex from Toronto, he also sent me um, a book of his father-in-law Graham Gibson uh, a novel that I'm excited to read also um, let's see Moving swiftly through this, I guess I'll get to beer, and I have been drinking a lot of beer, um, as I always do, because that's what I do. Um, so, folks, beer. Uh, did I? Well, start with Three's Brewing stuff. Gowanus Gold, which I think they're out of now, is just this great rice lager, really clean, um, you know, low alcohol percentage, fantastic. And I got their Fest beer last night. Um, which is called Far Between. It's their Oktoberfest beer. It's really good. It's oak-aged, so it's like very smooth and um, like comforting. And I would say warm, not like a warm beer, but it like has like a sort of nice warmth to it. Um, really nice drinking beer. Um, what else? Oh, I've been had a couple of the Bissell Brothers that my coworker Michael got for me in Maine. Um, just nice hazy IPAs from Bissell Brothers, the Portland Brewery. And um, what else? Had some Wild East, which is the new kid on the block on Sackett Street in Gowanus. Um, that's, that was good as always. And um, yeah, that's basically it. 
Oh, I had a Bronx brewery called Wild Hazy something, I think it was called. I bought one can of it at Trader Joe's, and um, it was really good. And when I got to the register, the woman there you know, held it up as she was scanning it. She goes, this is my favorite beer in the store. And I said, oh, that's awesome. Um, and it was very good. Uh, and then I had a beer that... Um, a couple of beers that uh, my friend Dave Gold, David Goldstein got for me um, in New England. He got me the, a Treehouse Summer Beer, Treehouse, the great brewery in, in Massachusetts where they don't distribute or anything, so you, you have to buy their beer there. Um, so Summer, I had I had that on Fire Island, actually. I brought it out there. And then um, he gave me a, uh, a beer called Letters from Zelda by a brewery called Brick and Feather in um, Massachusetts near the Vermont border. Um, and it was excellent, just a great, simple IPA. Thank you for those, uh, Mr. Goldstein. And let's see. Guess that's kind of it. I feel like I'm missing a lot. It's been um, it's been a few weeks, but um, there's no need for me to talk anymore. Um, except that the only thing I've been obsessing about beyond all this is the neighborhood parking scene and just finding parking spots and playing the the alternate side of the street game, et cetera, et cetera. I just parked the car in a Thursday spot and it's Sunday. That means I don't have to move the car till before Thursday, but it's kind of a bummer because I want to move the car because I kind of want to drive it because I just love this vehicle. But um, anyway, it will probably sit there till I guess Wednesday or something when I attempt to move it. But yeah, it's fun to... Um, it's fun to play that game when there are spots, and it's just kind of odd to own a car for the first time since 1998. It's only the second car I've ever had, first car being my 1989 white Mercury Sable station wagon, which I affectionately called the White Shadow, um, which some of you may remember this car. Okay, so I'm re-recording the TV and movies thing because... Um, I reached the maximum song length on my iPhone GarageBand app. So there might be, if you just heard an awkward cut, um, my apologies. But anyway, I will finish with what I've been watching, which is um, watch a few things. I watched uh, John Was Trying to Contact Aliens on Netflix, which is a 17-minute short film about a man in Michigan who broadcasts very good music into space, hoping to make contact with aliens. But of course, there's a more human contact story um, at the heart of it all. It's very heartwarming and very good. Um, High Score, which is Netflix's new docu series on the history of video games, starts in the '70s. And if you think you would, if you think that's something that would appeal to you, it probably will. Um, I watched An American Pickle on HBO Max, Seth Rogen film about um, a Hungarian immigrant in 1920 Brooklyn who accidentally gets brined in a pickle factory and preserved for 100 years and wakes up in the modern day. Uh, our modern day Brooklyn and his only living relative is his great great grandson who is a mobile <laughs> coder and mobile app developer in Fort Greene and it's very heartwarming and um, very touching an American pickle and um, I watched the new Mo Willems Storytime um, show I guess it's special it's really an hour but they break it up into like nine little four minute episodes um, it's live live action performance of um, some Mo Willems classic stories and um, it was really good, and Oliver loved it, and I was happy. I was relieved to see that because he normally doesn't like any shows with real people in them. He only likes watching animated stuff. But um, you know, being familiar with the Mo Willems stories, he was able to get past that, and he didn't even, even acknowledge that there were real people there. He just loved it and laughed. So um, I recommend that if you have Mo Willems fans in the house. Um, 
Okay, that's it. I hope that awkward editing that I'm going to have to do wasn't too bad. And I will sign off. Um, it is 4.12 in the afternoon on a very bright, fall, brisk day here in Carroll Gardens, broadcasting from the basement um, here in Brooklyn. Um, this has been the Conrad Life Report, episode 52. See you next time. Um, be safe, take care, and uh, reach out and say hi. Bye.